It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Himalaya. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It is Rookie Orientation Day. Rashawn Gary, the Packers' 12th pick. Well, it is the tw- he was the 12th pick in the first round. He was the Packers' first pick, their first overall pick, though he was the 12th overall pick in the NFL draft. And it was a pick that was controversial is the wrong way to phrase it. He wasn't controversial in the way that we generally think about controversial, but that pick drew some raised eyebrows, including from yours truly. And, you know, the more that I've looked at it, the more that I've studied it. And this was not, you know, me talking myself into it. There have been plenty of players that the Packers have picked over the years that I have been dubious of to start and thought, okay, well, here's the best case scenario for this player. And you make the case and you say, this is what success looks like. But at a certain point, you have to say, it's just not going to work. You know, and that's where we, we were with Ha Clinton Dix. It's where we got with Nick Perry. It's where we got with Clay Matthews. And a lot of these players, you know, you you want them to succeed because you want all the players to succeed. I certainly want to be right. I mean, there's no question about that. I want my evaluations on a player to be right. But I also, I think it's important that, you know, when when I say Rashawn Gary was not a first-round player to me, the, the way that these draft picks work, the way that I think we, we ought to spend more time thinking about these picks is as risk propositions. And you are taking players in the first round that you believe have less risk. That is what a good prospect is. If a prospect is just for like, let's use Madden numbers, if you think they're an 85 um, versus a player who is a 70, the real difference there is the the rate at which you think this player can hit. And so if you play their careers out 100 times, they're going to bust X number and they're going to be good Y number. And, and the difference in those is part of how you have to evaluate these players. 
And talent certainly plays into that. And skill set and polish and all of that stuff. And so from a, a skill set standpoint, from a polish standpoint, Rashawn Gary is an upside play. And there and there's just no denying it. You you draft Rashawn Gary because you think he has the ability to develop into something he wasn't on a consistent basis in college. I mean, that's just it is what it is. And there are a litany of examples from Danielle Hunter to Everson Griffin. I don't know why they're all in the Vikings to Ziggy Ansah, to Cam Jordan. I mean, there are a lot of players in the NFL that went from underperforming or maybe not even underperforming because you have to have expectations to be a performer. If Rashawn Gary had come to Michigan, even with all of those athletic tools, not as the number one overall recruit, would we have felt differently about him as a prospect? Because he comes in with these incredible physical tools and he said, well, he should be better then. And he was the number one. He was a triple-A prospect. He was an A-plus 100-grade prospect coming out of high school. And then didn't produce sack numbers. But what's really interesting, and you're going to hear this right from the guy who coached him at Michigan, say he did everything we asked him to do. If he didn't have that sort of bullseye on his chest, would we feel the same way about Rashawn Gary? I just think that's a question worth asking. Chase Winovich was more productive. And Devin Bush on this defense was the more impressive player on tape. He was the more productive player. He was the player I liked better. Now, I liked Gary better than Winovich despite the difference in productivity. And you're going to hear some of the reasons why. And I think those reasons are important when it comes to discussing the Packers and how Rashawn Gary projects in the NFL. Remember, college performance is not the same as NFL projection. Those can be different things. Now, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm just going to defend this pick and find all the silver linings and play devil's advocate and all those things. You know, I, I am in wait and see mode with this. But I do think it's important to point out as I have done over the last few weeks after this pick has been made. Though I felt it was a reach and there were players that I would have preferred on the board if I were in charge of the Packers, I understand why you make the move. Or at least I understand the logic of the move. You want to take a swing on a guy with incredible physical attributes who has top-notch pedigree, I mean, as good a pedigree as you could possibly ask for, played in an elite defensive program, an elite college program, and was not asked to pin his ears back and go get the passer 50 times a game. I mean, you look at someone like Montez Sweat, you look at someone like Josh Allen, and Allen was was different because he dropped a lot as a linebacker. But some of these, these players who got to play in leagues where they just got to fly off the edge and they got and they were they were playing teams that wanted to throw it 50 times a game their sack numbers are going to be different and the pressure rate and you use rate stats to account for these kinds of things but their rate stats should be similar but at the same time if if their rate stats were just a, a percentage or or two off but let's say Rashawn Gary had 10 sacks last year would, would the conversations around him be the same? 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I think it's a question worth asking. Now, I, I still think there are reasons to be, you know, critical of the selection and dubious of it and and wonder about it and and think that there might have been better players to pick when they picked. All that said, I think there are also reasons to be excited about this selection, to be interested to see what happens with Gary as he gets the opportunity to play off the edge, to get one-on-one matchups. And and the conversation, I think, with, with Coach Brown really is able to elucidate all of the reasons that Green Bay fell in love with Rashawn Gary. He's going to be in a position to play outside. He's going to play inside. He's going to play play with his hand in the dirt. He's going to play a little bit of everywhere for Green Bay, and that is the point. That's what you want if you are Mike Patton. And so when you when you look at it that way, you start to put the pieces together, and you say, okay, the versatility, the athleticism, that makes him a, a pure Packers player. Mike Patton prizes versatility. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's big. He can play the run. An elite run defender, by the way. Even like I, I, I said this the night that they drafted him. I, I thought it was a reach. I still continue to believe it was a reach. Do I think he can live up to his draft stock? Yes, I do. But do I think he's going to bust? No, I just don't. A bust is a bad player. A bust is Josh Jones, who now wants a trade. And then look, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Josh Jones tomorrow. And, and we're going to get into the early OTA stuff. A bust is someone who just isn't good, and you expected them to be good. Rashawn Gary is going to defend the run, and, and he's going to be a solid, reliable player at worst. And this is, this is my point about the risk proposition. The risk proposition here is low. He is not a risk in that there is a very small chance he's a bad player. And even though I, you know, I think the chance of him ever reaching his potential is lower than some of the other players who could have been available at 12, his ceiling, his ultimate ceiling, if he reaches that ceiling is as high as any player in this draft. And so if you told me he was healthy Nick Perry, where he's a really good run defender and an, and a flashy pass rusher where someone, and I don't mean flashy, like sexy I mean flashy like he has a game with three sacks and then he won't have a sack for four games but he's just a really solid run defender too that that would make sense to me and if you told me he's Jadavion Clowney that would make sense to me too there is a wide range of players that he can be but I think his floor is high and so as a risk proposition at 12 I think the risk for him is relatively low and that's something that it does matter it does matter is it everything? Certainly it's not. But I think it's something that is often overlooked in the conversation around Rashawn Gary and what he can do for this team. Speaking of overlooked conversations, I know that it is not always the most comfortable thing to talk about sex. But now you can increase your performance and get that extra boost in bed with BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And right now, my listeners can get 
bluechew.com with a special promo code locked on to try it free. Just pay shipping. This isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants an extra boost in the bedroom. It's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no awkward in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Again, bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's blue like the color blue. Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right we are very lucky to be joined by the michigan defensive coordinator don brown who had the chance to coach Rashawn Gary to see him grow and put him in a position to succeed or fail. He is one of the few people we can talk to who has firsthand experience with Rashawn Gary. So let's dive in right now. So Rashawn Gary comes to Michigan about as heralded as you can as a recruit. When Rashawn Gary got to campus with the recruit, the quality of the recruit that he was, what was it like for you, your initial reactions, and, and just getting to say, hey, this guy's playing for me now? Well, he's a talented guy and a great human being, a hard worker. Uh, so obviously just very excited to have the opportunity to work with him. And uh, he did let us down, that's for sure. So, you know, that's something that is certainly, you know, the number one thing that, that people are going to say is this, the sack production isn't there. But from, from your standpoint, you said he didn't let us down. Can you, can you sort of explain what you mean in terms of he, he didn't let us down? Did he, did he do what, what was asked of him? You know, what, was the, what, is, the, what is the disconnect there, if yeah, there is one? Look at, if you, yeah, I, first off, I didn't think there was any disconnect. I mean, obviously, we play defensive end in our system, mm -hmm. and we play with an open side end, a little bit of a lighter guy, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't get the heavy, dirty work, you know, playing over the tight end. And, uh, you know, obviously, Rashawn played over the tight end and really was a dominant force. You know, for example, for us, uh, first or second down, run – run scenario we're going to make sure that we don't allow you to run the ball to the tight end side and he was by far the spark plug that you know that that kind of he was the catalyst that kind of made sure that didn't happen i don't think there's a tight end in the country during his three-year period here that was able to block him at all on a consistent basis so from from our standpoint you know, statistically, we're always good in the run game, and, and we we felt like uh, 
it started and stopped with Rashawn. Yeah, and and that that has um, you know been something that I think if you watch him play, uh, that shows up pretty consistently. He eats tight ends for breakfast. <laughs> Eat them for breakfast, and not only that though, if you watch him uh, run to the football on the perimeter, mm-hmm. very few guys at that that at that length and size could run to the sideline to sideline like he does. I there's so many. Uh, it's funny. I was went back and I was watching some tape today, and there's so many plays where, you know, with the spread run game and you got the the running back and the quarterback to defend. You know, I'm sure there was a lot of shocked quarterbacks when they were, you know, running to the perimeter thinking they had the corner, and then you turn around and a six five, two hundred and seventy five pound defensive end <laughs> is chasing you to the sideline. Uh, you know, and then you you realize it was going to be a pretty long day. I I remember Martinez, the quarterback from the Nebraska, came in the line in speed option, and uh, obviously pitched the ball, and then he ran down the line and caught the tailback for minus two. So you know, not only you know, I'm a hell of a coach. Not only does he play the quarterback, he runs and plays the pitch. So that's a heck of a scheme. So. Uh, you know, uh, he re- he really did a heck of a job for us in spearheading our run defense, and was really a, an excellent pass rusher. The the one thing playing over the tight end, some you're going to get the tight end to max protect. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the chips, and we moved them around some, but also his production got hurt in in, in that in the in that in the uh, pass game because he missed several games with a shoulder injury. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that's an unfair, uh, you know, criticism for for Rashawn. I really do. And if you look at it, he had several. And I would, I would say he was in the vicinity of 15 to 25 pressures where he was hitting the quarterback just as, as the ball was being released. Yeah, there's always that's a, a statistic that that a lot of people point to, myself included, where you you look at the pressure percentage and the sacks, and you say, okay, it was, is some of this just they they converted all their pressures into sacks, or they got a little unlucky and didn't convert very many. Sometimes it's just a split second that can that can make that difference. Yeah, and you got to you know for us, we're we're a big TFL and a big sack team, and obviously as the year goes on the ball comes out awful quick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, the RPO throws and, uh, you know, the screen game just to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand so he doesn't get hit, you know, he, he was a victim of that uh, circumstance a little bit as well. You mentioned moving him around, um, and, and that, that certainly is something that you notice watching him. It sounds like Green Bay is going to start him uh, as a stand-up outside linebacker. What do you think – from, from your perspective, that transition is going to be like for him. And it does seem to me that if you're going to put him more often on that open side without the tight end, he's going to have an easier time just, just by sort of definition of getting to the quarterback when he gets to face tackles one-on-one. Yeah, and that, you, you, just, you just gave the magic, magic uh, uh, prognosis there. You know, he's going to get one-on-one opportunities and you know, I always used to say to the guys, you know, uh, the one the one thing I can guarantee is a one-on-one. Well, if he gets a one-on-one, he's going to win his share of it, tr- trust me. 
Um, you know, he's, he's a hard worker. He's worked extremely hard with his hands over the three years here. And, uh, you know, I know that'll continue and intensify. Uh, you know, he's a great kid. He's a very intelligent football player. And we played him some from a two-point stance, very little. But he did he did play a little bit. Now, we never asked him to drop. So, you know, uh, that that's going to be a new wrinkle for him and a new thing to work on. But, you know, he'll handle it because he's such a, you know, he really is an incredible athlete. Yeah, you, there was a quote from you, uh, I think it was before the season, where you, you said that he was one of the smartest players that you had ever been around. Uh, t- talk to me a little bit about you know why, why that is. Well, you know, you go to the classroom, and you go to that film room, and, uh, you know, the one thing is he's very attentive. Uh, two, he's also a leader, naturally. And, uh, you know, and he holds, and he holds the players around him to that standard as well. So, you know, it's nice when one of your best players is, 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 um, making sure that the other players are paying attention in meetings. And it's nice when you have that in your room, in your defensive room, but boy, I'll tell you, he watches it, the film. He, he spends time watching extra film, so when the time comes to go to practice, you know he's going to be prepared mentally and, and physically ready to go. So it's a beautiful thing when one of your best players is that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's interesting hearing you talking about him uh, as a leader and, and as someone who holds his teammates accountable because in, in the interviews he comes off very humble, very very sort of mild-mannered, but you watch him play, he plays with an edge and a force, and it sounds like you're telling me that, that he is that guy in the locker room too. So it, it seems like you know there's that competitive fire that comes out, uh, even though he does seem like a relatively mild-mannered kid overall. Yeah, he'll give you the Clark Ken approach. You know, uh, <laughs> you know he's he's going to be a he's a first class individual off the field. He's under control. Uh, you know, he's a great leader for his teammate. Everybody loves him. Uh, and then when you go to the game field, you got you got a completely different guy. So um, a guy that can you know flip the switch and and you know you're going to get his best effort on, not only in practice on a day to day basis. But on Saturday afternoons, he's going to be flying, and and you're going to get a great effort and great passion from him uh, on all Saturday afternoons as well. Well, that that's certainly why I think the Packers, you know, felt comfortable with him at twelve. Uh, do you think this is the the last thing I, I have for you? You know, the, the Packers said they're going to start him at outside linebacker, but I think clearly, you know, he can play anywhere. They're going to rush him in the A gap. They're going to they're going to probably slide him inside with his hand in the dirt at times. I mean, is he is he someone you think at the next level can can really play anywhere in in the front? You know, I said this. Um, I was asked this question. We played him in our cheetah package as the wide nine. So, you know, he's outside the tight end. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're trying to guarantee, give him an opportunity as a one-on-one outside rusher. In some of our uh, Tampa fronts where we take our four best pass rushers, we would move him in and play him some at the three technique and let him rush, you know, uh, inside in, in our twist game. And then in some of our uh, other blitz packages, we moved them around some, just trying to 
you know, find a way to, you know, to, in, to ensure him to have a one-on-one opportunity because obviously when you're Rashawn Gary in college football, everybody's pointing at you, you know, to set the protection. So, you know, we, we, you know, we were working hard trying to get him free. And uh, we, we were hoping that, you know, that as the second half of the year when was coming, moving forward, we were doing some things inside. Unfortunately for us and for him, you know, he got hurt and, and, and missed some time with us. And we kind of got slowed in terms of our scheme changes the second half of the season due to his uh, shoulder situation. Yeah, and, and it sounds like the shoulder is good to go. Do you have any insight on, on you know? Oh, what, yeah. What he, yeah, okay. Because it, yeah, it looked good. like he was he's back in the gym 100%. the next day working after he yeah, got drafted. He's, a, he, he's, he's 100%. Yeah, he's there's no question, you know, uh, obviously, you know, he fought through it, uh, the shoulder scenario for a handful of weeks there. Uh, I know he came back and played at the end of the year and was not 100%, but obviously cleared by the doctors to play. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's really a good player. You guys are getting a, a quality human being that's an outstanding athlete. And I think his best football is in front of him, especially with the, with the moving around uh, from a position standpoint. Because, you know, he's an interesting guy because he's a smart guy. And he likes to be challenged. He likes to do different things and new things. And, uh, you know, I think that he'll look at that in a very positive fashion. Well, my, Mike Patton's defense it sounds perfect for him. Then uh, it it, uh, it it makes more and more sense the more we're having this conversation. And and uh, you know I think it's pretty clear why the Packers liked him. Coach, I appreciate you taking the time today, and good luck this year at Michigan. Oh, you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Okay. Yep. You too. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. 
That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. All right, I want to thank Coach Brown again for joining the show. Really appreciate his insight. I hope you found some use in that conversation. I was, I was frankly riveted through all of it because it's just one of those things that you don't get the opportunity to talk to someone like that that close to the player. And yeah, it is the case. You know, he has a he has a reason to say nice things about Rashawn Gary. He wants Rashawn Gary to succeed, but at the same time, you know, he is not someone to be obsequious and flatter someone. He is not someone who is going to just say nice things to say nice things. And maybe he would in public to a certain degree. But Jim Harbaugh and and Coach Brown both loved Rashawn Gary, and I think that speaks volumes about Gary as a person. I was I was very interested to hear about what a leader he was in the locker room, that he was the anchor of this defense. That's not something that coaches just throw out there. They don't just say those kinds of things. So, you know, I, th- I think the Packers have to be happy with all of those things, and I think it sheds some light on why this this player was so appealing to them and this is a team that doesn't have a lot of leaders that doesn't have a lot of long-term locker room guys that are going to come in and set the tone and be that dude if Rashawn Gary can do that that's another intangible value that he has with this team all right we're going to be back tomorrow we're going to talk about the Josh Jones trade request We're going to talk about early OTA reactions. We're going to talk about position battles, things to watch, and why you you maybe don't want to take too much stock in what's going on early on in camp. So we're going to have all of that for you tomorrow. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Himalaya. Check out the new Himalaya podcast app. I highly encourage you to do that. You can also like us on Facebook. You can share podcasts on Facebook. Share them on Twitter. Share them on Facebook and tag me in them. I want to see it. I want to hear it. I'll retweet them. It'll be great. And if you have any questions, any concerns, any issues, any comments, any critiques, any takes, send them to the Locked on Packers fan hotline. That's why we have it. That's what we're here for. We want to engage with you whenever possible. So hit me up there, 920 341-3775 and always stay locked on Packers.